I remember when I was dirty walking down the street and the guys used to whistle or sing song, 40, maybe a little wing. It's the end, 60 nothing, 70 nothing, nothing. When I wore the stuff you gave me, I got people talking to me. People telling me they love the jacket. I think clothes are a very important thing for, for visibility, for making people feel good. And I give that to you. Hi, I'm Ariel Charnas, and this is In-House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In-House. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of In-House. Today, we are welcoming another amazing woman in my life and one who helped shape my husband, Brandon, into the man he is today. I'm excited to introduce you to Beatrice Burroughs, or as she's known in the family, Grandma B, or now Gigi. She's an educational psychotherapist treating adults with anxiety, depression, phase of life and adjustment issues, and specializes in interpersonal and relationship issues. Her educational background includes a bachelor degree from Hunter College and a master's degree from NYU in psychology and a master's degree in education from Hofstra. She is 97 years young and still practicing her craft and very much in her prime. Grandma B has had many roles in her life, from wife to mother, grandmother, and now great-grandmother. And at every point, she has shown so much love to me, Brandon, and all of her great-grandchildren. I'm looking forward to talking to her about the many experiences she's lived through, her career, and being a grandmother and now great-grandmother. Welcome, Grandma B. Thank you very much for that introduction. (laughs) Well, let's start at the beginning. Your life is so inspiring, and I'd love to hear about what it was like for you during your childhood. Can you tell us about where you grew up and what life was like for you as a child? Well, it was was okay. I was the youngest of three daughters, like you are the middle of three daughters, and like like, like Essie will never be the middle. I didn't know you were one of three girls. Yeah, both my sisters are gone. Right. and I'm 97 and a half. Don't forget that half. Very important. <laughs> yes. And uh, my childhood was good. I used to, I remember, I came home from school one day. We used to have uh, compartments to, to uh, hang your clothes in the back of the class. So I told my mother and father that the teacher, when I was five five years old, she, she took me into the closet and told me I was going to skip, skip the first grade. So they bought me everything I wanted, a doll and this and that. And of course, I didn't skip. So they took everything back. But that was how I remember my childhood. That is so crazy. So were you close with your sisters? Pretty close, yeah. Or with my older sister, than my one that was two years older than me. Yeah, we were pretty close. Her kids are wonderful now with me. Do you see them? Yeah, they come over, they call. Friend. That's so nice. Yeah, very good. Both my sister's kids. Wait, so did you grew up in the city or no, where did you grow I up? I grew up in in the Bronx. At that time, I we were living on uh, East 200 A Street when I went to college in the Bronx. What were your ambitions growing up and what did you want to do with your life? Did you always know? Like, what did you dream about doing? I thought I, I, I wanted to do something. I didn't want to do law. I didn't want to do doctor. I hated teaching, but I went for that because that's where girls went at that time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I graduated, I became a nursery school teacher. That was my first job. Oh, it was awful. 
Because because as a woman, right, the idea of a career was not so much accepted no, then, that right? A long time ago. But my friends were all talking about marrying rich. All they wanted right. to do. And I never even came into my mind about marrying rich. I wanted to do stuff on my own. And I did. How did you fall into psychology? From there, graduated from Hunter with a degree in, in education and sociology. I hated teaching nursery school. So then I started to take courses in special ed. And I liked special ed. And I took courses in, in, uh, uh, in learning disability kids. And then I took a master's in that and I became a learning disability teacher. And I got so promoted wow. and promoted. I was so right that listen to me. Anyway. <laughs> That's incredible. All right. Remember this kid, Rebecca, uh, from Great Neck. This was out in the island. The school that she was with me at said that she was dumb and, and not learning terrible, that she should be put into a, another class, which was even lower than that. And I spoke to the mother, and the mother said to me, you know, she reads home. She does this home. So I chose to listen to the mother. I didn't pay any attention to the tests. And that kid now is a doctor. Isn't now maybe 20 years ago, she was a doctor. Isn't that something? That's wild. Am I blowing myself barely too much? <laughs> Not at all. That, no, that's incredible. That I will never forget. Never. And Rebecca became a doctor. I love stories like that. So what, So that, I don't understand why, though. Well, uh, the school. She wasn't living up to the standards of the school? Schools couldn't reach her. And then I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I uh, went to school and took psychology. And so I liked working with the parents. Right. They were the ones who would see me. They knew their kids better than the schools ever did. Right. Which is now something that's going on also, which interests me. At the same time, my kids were growing up and I, I had to, and I got married a few times. In your days, you took lovers. In my days, you took husbands. <laughs> Wait, we have to, that's a whole nother topic we have to get into. Okay. All right. Let's, for, let's start with. How did you meet your first husband? Oh, through my sister's husband. It was a cousin to my sister Blanche's husband. He was a cousin. The only thing good about him, he was gorgeous. Oh, the first husband? My boys are so good looking. That's why Brandon is so good looking. They are very good looking. But wait, so, okay, did you know that he was the one when, like, that you wanted to marry when you met him? Yeah. Or you just were very attracted to him? He, it was very sexy kind of thing. <laughs> and then tell everyone why that. So that one ended, right? That one ended after 15 years because then I met Bill, the second one. Right. So you had Mitchell and Scott with your first husband. Right. Then that ended after 15 years. Then you met Bill. How did you meet Bill? He, uh, the Breakstones. What's the Breakstones? Do you ever hear of the Breakstone food stuff? I was very friendly. Oh, yeah. And Mike Breakstone. And Bill was a friend of Mike Breakstone. I lived in Woodmere then. I had a house in Woodmere. Right, right, right. And then how long were you with Bill for? 32 years. Oh, so he was your long one. Wait, so Bill, but Bill, so 32 years. And did you, when you first met him, like where you, you knew he was? I thought he was the smartest person in this world. He was so smart. We had a, a language. He, he made a whole language. 
And oh. that didn't work out either after a while. <laughs> so what happened? So after 32 years, Bill was out. Wasn't uh, I was going. Uh, he wanted me to start a school. He was going to build a school and he was going to do this and that. But he was not. He just was not what he said he was. But I listen, I'm great with other people. I'm terrible with myself. You're amazing with yourself. The only good guy I got was Bob, the last one. So uh, Bob was the last one. I met Bob. I was here. I was here with Bob when yeah. you were with Bob at the end. Wasn't he elegant? The nicest guy. I mean, he was a Brit. Yeah. Had to get out of America. How did you meet him? Uh, at the gym. I knew some guys at the gym and they said, uh, <laughs> we've got a nice guy for you. He was in England and he married a, a, an American woman. Right. Divorced her. And they told me, you know, that I should meet him. And I met him. And you loved him right away. But the guy who introduced me to him then wanted me for himself. <laughs> so, you were like a hot commodity. I was okay in those days. Yeah. I, I see the pictures. You were... Yeah, that's what I, At 97 and a half... You look, look at you at 97. Now, that, then I was... When I met Bob, I was... I lied. I was in my uh, 70s. And I told him I was 60-something. <laughs> for 10 years, I think. And I got away with it. That is so funny. That That's so uh, remembering. Yeah. He was the greatest, Bob. He was. Did you know you want to start a family right away? What were your own expectations of being a parent before you had your own kids? Everybody around me was having them. In those days, you did what everybody else did. Mm-hmm. And they, they were having children. But I did not want... It was so close that I got pregnant with Mitchell right away. I was pregnant with Scott. And then Scott was two when I had Mitchell. What a great gift, though, you gave them, brothers. That bond that's so special for them. And you were three sisters. And and you have your sisters. It's the best. It really is amazing. Moving on. What was it like during that time to meet and get to know someone before marrying them? Oh, unless you're you said you just married them, right? Well, you couldn't go to bed with them. My my, my, uh, uh, you couldn't. Of course, no, you you could make out. Right. And if it was uh, if you really went to bed or you had to marry them. (laughs) So you so you had you couldn't sleep with someone until you were married or engaged. So is that why you married all these guys so fast? I was a frisky female. You were frisky. (laughs) I remember one night I met this guy. Uh, We went out. Hal was his name from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And I went out and my mother and father were in bed. And I went downstairs to meet him. We went, we fooled around and we had fun. We came back. My father was downstairs. And my father said, uh, he said, okay, B, I'll see you next week. And my father says, you'll never see her again. (laughs) Oh, my God. How old were you? Probably 104. No, I think I was like, I was I was in high school. So I had to be at least. You were a teen. teen. Yeah, 17, 18. So I always, speaking of your dad, I always like to ask about how traditions were passed down in people's lives. Were there traditions you learned from your parents that you wanted to pass on to your children? I learned from my mother that things were more important than what she thought they were. She was, uh, my mother came from Russia. From Kiev, in fact, what they're all talking about now. I didn't know that. 
Yeah. And she, my father came from Latvia, but he came when he was two. She came when she was 20. And I found her in, in um, on Ellis Island. I found her. Come. You did? That's so crazy. Mom and I went there and we found her. Oh, my God. And, and that she had $26 and she had to have a certain amount of money. Were there any traditions that they had in your, like, were there any family traditions that you carried over? We tried, like, with certain Jewish traditions. But when yeah. you get older and the kids get married and they go where the uh, husbands go, wives go, and it breaks off. It changes. But you, but you, it's actually the opposite. I feel like you keep us all together. I mean, you are very big on the Jewish traditions and temple. Like, we all go because of Grandma B. Oh, well, that's nice to know. And what about our um, Secret Santa? You you have a lot of traditions, I feel I like. That. Yeah. We always go to your apartment. And having those little girls. Oh, they adore you. Cold kids. I mean, it's just. They all adore you. They adore I you. I adore them. I don't see them enough hinted. I know. Ruby's going to come over. Was it so wild to see your boys having kids? I mean, when Brandon came and. I loved I remember going to Brandon's school when he was at Riverdale and playing the piano for them. You play the piano? Yeah. I didn't know that. Would you still be able to play now? Yeah, I still play. Oh, the kids will, would faint if they heard you play. The one thing that I feel that all our whole family is filled with, Brandon's family, Cole's family, Jocelyn's family, Spencer's family, is that we're all love. We have such love. So much. To me, the whole answer to life is happiness. If you're happy, then it's, I always say to the kids, are you happy? I don't say, did you make good feel? Are you happy? Because happiness is a whole thing. You do. You always say that. So you're a mother, grandmother, and now a great-grandmother. What is the, the experience of watching generations of kids in the family grow up? Best for me. Well, I, when, when I had the kids, I was working so hard to put them yeah. to school, to, to do all that. And, to, you know, let one become a dentist, one a lawyer, whatever they wanted to do. So that was hard. I think the best time of my life was when with the grandchildren. That's... More so with, with uh, Cole and Brandon because they lived here. Jocelyn yep. Spencer lived in Boston. Right. So that wasn't so easy. You were very involved. I mean, to this day. They were terrific kids, all my grandchildren yeah. and my grandchildren and my children. Terrific. Terrific. Let's shift to your career as an educational psychotherapist. So today, mental health is a major topic. And many people from educators to doctors emphasize the importance of mental health, especially in children. But that wasn't that wasn't always the case. So can you talk about mental health and how it was approached when you were studying it compared to today? I'm going to tell you something. I have credits and credits and credits. And if somebody says to me, what did you learn in school? You know, I learned how to be friends. I learned how to think. I learned how this. I learned a lot in school. But I did I learn how to be an educator? Did I learn how to be a psych, psycho, whatever? No. I think so much of that is comes from your brain, from what you think. I remember sitting in class in psychology at NYU and saying to myself, 
what is he talking about? You know, (laughs) I don't know what he's talking about. Is anyone going to help somebody with that crap? Right. Like you feel like you learned more through experience, like actually being thrown into a case or knowing what's in your head. Right. How has it been to see therapy and and psychology become more accepted in recent times? It's very accepted. Jocelyn, who is a fantastic talk area psychologist, making loads and loads of people making them work. Anyway, she brought a friend of hers to see me, to ask me, because I was the only one that old who still had their marble, who could remember how it was in the old days. Yeah. It changed. it changed a lot. There's so much more acceptance now. Yeah, I feel like people hid a lot of mental, like everyone hid those things, I feel like, back in the day. Oh, they hid them, and they hated them, and they lied. They still lie. You have to be a good therapist to get to the basis of everything, to know when a person is lying. They're so right. afraid to see themselves. It's it's fascinating. They're ashamed, yeah. Yeah, shame. It's so interesting. What are your thoughts on social media? Oh, I know you love commenting on something Navy. I comment. I love a comment. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on social media and mental health? I think what you did was fantastic. I think that you have helped so many people. You have helped people my age. Let's get into this. People what? my age become invisible. You become invisible. I remember when I was 30, walking down the street, and the guys used to whistle or sing song, <laughs> 40, maybe a little wink. It's the eh, 60 nothing, 70 nothing, <laughs> eh, nothing. When I wore the stuff you gave me, I got people talking to me. People telling me they love the jacket. I think clothes are a very important thing for, for visibility, for making people feel good. And I give that to you. I oh my, well, it's my incredible team at Something Navy, but that literally made my whole day that I mean, every time you tell me stories like that, it makes me so happy. Well, I'm sure it's your team, but I'm talking to you. Yeah, no, I know. But that really makes me so happy. I love hearing that. It's so true. Without that, that you gave me visibility. I wore that jacket. Mm. Two old ladies. Oh, they were God knows how many years younger than me. <laughs> told me about it. And then I walked a little further and two more. And then I had a sweater you gave me. And a younger one would tell me, where'd you get that? Oh, that night you gave me visibility. That is something. B, that makes me so happy. I could cry. That, I called you and told you that. I know. I love I it. I couldn't get over it. Looking back, what's the biggest, what's the, what's the thing you're most proud of from being a mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother? It's my grandkids, my great-grandmother. That's what I'm the proudest of of them, of what they have accomplished, yeah. of what, what my kids have accomplished, what my grandkids have accomplished, what my grandkids-in-law have accomplished. I mean, it's fantastic. A lot of kids in law. My, my great-grandkids, what they're going to accomplish. That that Ezzy of yours, my God. <laughs> She's so sweet, right? Ezzy is like on her own. She doesn't do I know. So In independent. Booby uh, is just taste. Look at me, you know. Oh, yeah. She's yeah like, exactly. As he is just yeah. so sharp. Beats to her own uh, drum. Her own drum. And her drum is going to make her the first Jewish president. <laughs> I love that. The one is adorable. Do you think 
conversation around parenting has changed between the generations? Oh, yes. It used to be the formula. We used to talk about the formula. Yeah. What about breastfeeding? Then it was like, oh, she's breastfeeding? Oh, I mean, that was... So did people not breastfeed back back in the day? Like, was that not a thing? No, breastfeeding was was uh, was a plus, but you weren't doing it all. So, you know, people weren't doing it. But now, oh, right. so much formula and all that. That's all we used to talk about. We don't, you don't talk like you do now on social media when I hear nothing. Right. Right. I know everyone talks about it now. Everyone makes it, and same with, you know, infertility and. Absolutely. We didn't talk about You never talked about those things. You know what they were talking about? My friend marrying a rich guy. That was the whole thing. Nobody was doing their own thing. They were looking to marry a rich guy. And that was a big thing. That's crazy. And my friend both did, except stupid me. (laughs) No, you did pretty well for yourself on your own. You didn't need a rich guy. On your own. I did it. Yeah, you're incredible. Okay, we're going to play a game. Okay? It's called What is Better? So you're going to answer the question by saying either it was better as a mother, a grandmother, or a great-grandmother. Okay? First one. Holding the baby for the first time. Grandmother. No, wait. I think (laughs) great-grandmother. When I held her. You think so? I have the video of you holding Ruby, by the way. Oh, I, I, that was really something. You appreciated it more. Totally. You had problems. This was, this was all great. Nothing bothered you. All great. Great. Okay, next one. Babysitting or just watching the kids. Which one? Was best? Grandparenting. Grandmother, right? Yeah. First fall, like needing a Band-Aid. Mine or this? <laughs> the kids. The kids. Oh, it's scary as all hell. Yeah, for all of them, right? Do you remember when Brandon had the, uh, when Brandon got hit on the bike? Yeah. You remember That's that? what came to my mind, that first fall. Yeah. That was it. He doesn't remember much of it, so I don't really know the tr- the whole story, but... Nancy said it was hard, like one of the worst moments of her life. Yeah. Did anything like that happen to Mitchell or Scott? Good. He used to help everybody in, in, in school who needed a friend. He was always there with, with them. That um, Brandon was terrific. Brandon was. In fact, I think the bicycle had to do with him helping someone to. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah, he doesn't really remember it either. Okay, disciplining them. Who disciplined who? I feel like probably as a grandparent, because you don't have to be such a bad guy, right? My discipline was, let's go out and buy something. (laughs) (laughs) So zero discipline. I didn't discipline. They were good. When they were with me, they were fantastic. Yeah. First time seeing them on stage, like a recital or a play. Oh, oh, you know the word cavell? I would cavell it. Yeah, oh. you cavell. Oh, I, more than for my kids, more. Grandkids before. What did they do? Oh, well, what about your, I mean, Grandma B has a grandson who's a major rock star. So that's probably, 
Remember when we went to Webster Hall together oh, right. for his concert? Right. He's wonderful. Next. Oh, no. Playing with them. What age? I mean, which uh, stage? Grandmother, great-grandmother, or mother? Well, great-grandmother, I don't see that much because of the pandemic. But I think grandma. But when you do. Grandmother playing with them was the best. My own, you would yeah. see taking care of them, working, doing that. When you had the grandkids, they were free and you were free. Right. Right. The grandkids. Yeah. I was uh, I remember taking them on a bus. They lived in the island. Yep. And I took them on a bus to show them how it was to be on a bus. <laughs> oh my God, that's so special. And then I used to get up and I say, That's dead, you get up for an old person. And uh, I remember that <laughs> and helping helping them fix up their dorms. Yeah. So sounds like overall so far it's so much better to be a grandparent. Because I haven't had enough time with it. Yeah, when you were right. of the pit. You couldn't appreciate it too, though, as a parent when you're in it, right? Right. What about birthdays? Grandchildren, definitely. Yeah. But I, I, I feel it now with the great grandkids. I was there a little bit. But as I said before, the pandemic has cut everything. Cut it out. I know. It's so awful. You want to ask me how it feels to be 97? Oh, yeah. How does it feel to be 97? Getting there was the best thing in the world. Getting to be 97 and a half is fantastic. Being there, eh. <laughs> yeah. But getting to it but is worth it. Getting to it is fantastic. Getting to it. Do you have any regrets or anything you look back oh. on and you're like, I wish I did it oh, differently? Oh, yeah, many. Like what? I regret my first husband because they, I had these two wonderful Your boys. Sons, so I can't regret that. I do regret the second one for 32 yeah. years. I regret that. That's a long time with someone. Yeah. I used to think he was so smart. Oh. Yeah. Can I tell you my story when I was five years old? And we yeah. lived on Marshall Parkway on Rochambeau Avenue. And I went across the parkway to PS8. And I was in kindergarten. And Miss Coglin. And I said to her, I have to go to the bathroom. She says, no, you don't. I have to go to the bathroom. No, you don't. She wouldn't let me go. I'm walking across the parkway. I peed all over the place. Oh, my God. I'll never <laughs> forget that. I was five. How do you remember all these things at five? I have no memories from five. I remember the, the war, everything in, at the war. I remember Churchill, uh, everything with Churchill. I remember the Blitz, what happened to the to the British. I remember Hitler. That's wild. I remember everything. I remember uh, how they were killing the British, how Neville Chamberlain was coming home from with his papers from, from uh, Hitler and saying, look, we don't have to go to war, coming out of the steps. Oh, I remember so much. Yeah, so it's all like on the radio, right? Or, or newspaper. In the, in, the, uh, in the movies. FA News, they would show it to you. I remember and- D-Day crying in the theater, seeing our our guys being killed. Never forget that. That is so awful. I, I can't even imagine. Never before I forget that. It's like you've been through like a million lives, lifetimes. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm, I'm 97 and a half. And a half. And a half. Don't forget it. Grandma B, I love you. This has been an incredible conversation. Too much, right? Oh, no, it was perfect. And I'm so, everyone's dying to hear from you. So, can I tell you one more thing? 
that 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 your father-in-law and I had to go for a watchman, something to do with my heart. And uh, Scott calls me up in the morning and says, Grandma, uh, Mom, he says, I, we sh- I shouldn't tell you this now. It's a surprise. But Mitchell and I made it that you're going to have a facelift when you get that. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. It kills me that. Of course, I don't think so. But I'm That's in amazing. Of, I'm in the middle of this, and I turn around to them. So where's my face slips? What did they say? They're probably like, "Oh wow, she's nuts." I, I was like such a lunatic. Gave <laughs> you that. I had to tell you that. It was funny. Well, you are such an inspiring woman in my life, and to so many people. I think people are absolutely going to love to hear from you. You, you are. You have inspired a lot of people. I love you. And Thank people you. People should not downplay fashion. I am telling you, especially when you get older, I am telling you, and it made me visible. I was invisible, and I don't like to be invisible. I was invisible. Very hard to believe. You sent me but... stuff, and it was just great. I love you. Great. Thank you. That makes me so happy. So thank you to all the listeners out there. Please come back for more as we welcome some new guests to the podcast. You could reach out to us with any questions about the podcast or who you want us to bring on. You could DM us on Instagram at Something Navy. See you next week. That's a wrap for today's episode of In-House. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, Follow me at Ariel Charnis and at Something Navy. See you next week.